Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're in our series titled The Good New Days, and I hope you're having some of those like I am. We've had a, a really refreshing time. We, we got a, to go uh, on vacation a few days, and, and that was really good. But it's good to be home and to jump right back into the series that we're in. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, so if you want to look in your Bibles of Mark chapter 5, the Bible tells a story about a woman who literally fights through a crowd to get to Jesus. And in, in just a few short months, we see that in the culture that we live in, in the time of, it, of life right now, is a lot of people are actually scared to touch one another. And I'm just telling you, it is... It is, it is so strange for me. I'm, I'm a hugger. I like touching. And, and so it's just a little weird for me that everybody kind of keeps their distance. But at a, a time of life where that's the case, I decided to do some study and find out there's several instances throughout Scripture where Jesus actually touched people. And I think, I think it made all the difference in the world. And so I want to talk today about this woman who fights through a crowd and touches Jesus and how that that transpires into some great new days in her life. She had suffered from an illness for 12 years, the Bible says. So the better part or more than a decade, this woman has suffered from this illness and she had heard about Jesus, no doubt. She had, she had heard about all the things that he d- was doing and could do and how that many people were affected by his ministry and his love for them. She'd suffered now for 12 long years. She had a chronic illness where the Bible says is she had an issue of blood. So she's hemorrhaging literally from the inside out. But I want, to, I want you to see the humanity of all this because it's, it's pretty remarkable when you look at it. The Bible never actually names her. So in that culture, in that time, she's a nameless woman. She's not Sarah, Jessica, or Amanda, actually. She's named, she's called the woman with the issue of blood. So she's actually referred to, she's known by the ailment that she suffers from. Isn't that sad? Well, it's sad, but it's often still the case in our time now. How true of that is that of people still today that they're often referred to as what they're dealing with. She's literally, this woman is dying from the inside out. According to the Levitical law of the Old Testament, she would have been considered ceremonially unclean. This condition literally had affected every aspect of her life. And so she was cut off. She's isolated. She wasn't allowed. No one could touch her. She wasn't allowed to touch anyone else. She's isolated from the people that she loves the most. And all of those relationships that she would have had would have been suffering. All those things she held dear were no longer able. She was no longer able to be in, 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 in close proximity to those people. It's, it's similar to what sort of people are walking through right now in our culture. And I, I just thought it was so appropriate to bring this passage of scripture for us to talk about. Scripture also says that she was, she had exhausted 
all of the resources that she had, she trying everything, everything she could do. She went to every doctor. She, she tried every fad cure, I'm sure, that was, that was available at the time. To, this woman was desperate. She's looking for hope. She's looking for answers, and she's struggling, right? Every day is struggle. Every day ex- exhausting. Every day overwhelming. And I'm convinced that, that, that the enemy tried to convince her that she's not she's the only one struggling in the way that she was struggling it's what the enemy does he tries to convince us that what we're going through is unique to us and no one else right he comes to us in our isolation and tries to convince us that we are the only ones dealing with it in the way that we are we're the only one going through this you're the only one that has messed up your life so much just like this you're the only one and if you feel isolated listen if you feel cut off if you feel if you feel just like this if you feel removed from all those relationships and the all those people that that really hold you hold you upright they give you a lot of strength and hope if you if in whatever it might be it could be an addiction could be relationship struggles it could be anything it might be a your the current moment that we find ourselves in right in this covid-19 thing that we're in as a nation but i want you to know you're not alone you're not alone there are other people and I, that's that's not all that uplifting either there's other people suffering just like you well i i I will tell you scripture even says in first corinthians 13 there's no temptation taking you that is common to man so in other words other people are dealing with what you're dealing with they're they're walking through some of the things that you're walking through and you've got to know that we we struggle with similar things we we do but this woman her problem her problem's not external it's internal Right? Her problem's not ex- it's it's on the out on the outside, everything looked fine. You could not have picked this woman out of a crowd and said she has an issue. No. In fact, her struggle was on the inside, like most of ours. The crowd of people that she she gets in, she kind of blends in with them. Even though she's shunned a little bit, even though it, she she would have looked normal, right? She she looked good on the outside, but it's the inside. That's the struggle. Can I tell you? I talk to people all the time. They look really good on the outside. They have a lot of things put together on the outside, but it's on the inside that we just tend to struggle. And this is a passage of scripture that I believe God gives us a lot of hope, a lot of encouragement through this portion of the Bible. Some of you feel just like that. There's some things that on the outside, everything's fine. Everything's good. You've got a smile on your face. Everything's working out. Everything's going okay, but on the inside, there's some things, there's some struggle, there's some difficulty. You need a touch, right? You need, you need some good new days. You're looking for them, right? They've been hard to find. Can I tell you, this lady can teach us a whole lot of things, and I want us to continue to look at, look at her because what she does, right? What she does, the, the faith that she acts upon is remarkable. Listen, she had exhausted every resource that she had. She had gone through, she talked to so many people. The Bible says that she had gone to doctor after doctor, that she had, she'd gone to the doctors and it actually made it worse. Now, I'm, I'm not against doctors at all. We, we have doctors in our church and I love them very much. So thankful for our medical community during this time that we're in right now and have been always, right? But, but this lady had gone to people who, who took from her 
who, who, who they were there for her when she had something to offer them. But at the end of the day, listen, some of you might have friends just like that. So-called people in your life, right? That at some point in the journey, some point in the relationship, when, when, when there's nothing left to offer, what happens? The relationship struggles. They push you aside. Those things happen. Listen, I want you to see this because you might be listening today. You might be struggling through something. You might be walking through something. You might have an addiction and you think, well, that doesn't matter. No, it matters. It matters. It matters. You, you, may, you may think, listen, um, no one really cares about the details of my inside life, my internal. Listen, it matters. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, not only does God care, he's, he's got people that will care for you as well. He's got people all around you that love you, that want to support you, that want to care for you, that want to help you. But there are that crowd of people out there. There is a group of people that if you listen to them, they're going to take you down a path. They're going to, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to say those things to you. And listen, it's not going to end well for you. I, I want you to see this. The Bible says in Mark 5, this woman searched. She searched for a remedy that she'd searched for a cure for over a decade. Remember? Over, she'd spent all that she had and she just kept getting worse. Listen, when this happens with your life, we're suffering from all sorts of things. We're dealing with things in our life, things that happen, things external and internal, all these things, whatever it is, it's in a habit, a difficulty, whatever that is. When we're bleeding literally on the inside, we have a tendency to pacify our pain and just fill it with other things. And I'm telling you that the void that you feel, the void that you have is only going to be filled with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only person that can fill that void. Ecclesiastes 2 was written by a man named Solomon. And the Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. And in chapter 2, he's talking about a brokenness in his heart. And so he fills it. Bible school, I won't, I won't take the time to go through it all with you, but it says he filled it with all sorts of things, houses and all these things, all the finest furnishings, all the finest things. He, he filled his life with all of these things, with everything you can imagine, the finest horses and chariots of the day, the finest things, right? He bought the very best. He spared nothing on himself. And it says at the end of chapter 42, right? The end of chapter 42, it says, he says, or excuse me, not 42, but the end of chapter two, it says it was all meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. So Solomon says, listen, I acquired all these things. And what I found was, is I was, it was like chasing the wind. How many of you know, we can't catch the wind. There's no way you can't harness it. You can't stop it. You just got to deal with it. And Solomon's referring to, listen, if your life, if you're, if you're just out there trying to chase, if you're out there trying to, uh, to fill your life with things, answers for life's struggles, for the internal things, it's going to be like something that's impossible to acquire or to attain. I'm telling you today, listen, if you're broken, if you're broken, I'm telling you, there, there is nothing in the world that can satisfy the longing of your soul like one touch from Jesus. There is nothing that will do that. And he, he, all, the, all, all the things in the world, all the things you can think about, trips you might desire to go to, um, places you might want to be in, all, all, these, all these things, there is nothing like the promise of God 
that satisfies us. That in Jesus Christ, and it's the promise of the gospel, that in Jesus Christ, all things are made new again. All things. The old is gone and a new gets to come. It's, it's the good new days for us, right? Jesus loves you with an unwavering devotion, right? To come alongside you. And so I'm thankful for a God who's never given up on me. Because certainly I've given him plenty of opportunity to give up and give in on me. But it says for years this woman had gone for help and it only made her worse. Have you, have you got friends like that? If you have people like that, friends that surround you and they try to influence your life, uh, some people, some people's friends know more about their marriage than they do, right? I mean, they're always trying to give advice and they're always trying to fill it with this or fill it with that. And some of you, 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 you're like this woman who've had this experience and they, they try to offer you something and listen, it's to the end of the, the place in, in your relationship with them that you don't have much left to offer. And, and there are times when, listen, when you, can't, when, you can't, when you can't party with them anymore and when you can't entertain them anymore and when you, they're going to write you off. They're going to just turn away. They're going to turn aside. They're going to do something different. Right? They label you and then they turn away. I'm telling you, those are not true friends. Those aren't who God has for you to surround yourself with. And over the, the remainder of my time, what I want to do this morning is I want to, I want to give you some keys that, that, to unlock those good new days for you. Okay, so a few practical things in our life. Number one, you've got to run with a new crowd. If life's going to really change, you got to get in with a different crowd. you got to get in with the right crowd. This woman with the issue of blood, the catalyst for her healing was a new crowd of people that she's running with. She started running. She started traveling. She started going down the road with a new crowd of people. She didn't just get into any crowd. I, I want to point that out. It wasn't just a random crowd of people. She got into a, a crowd of people who are following Jesus, right? She, she was... She was intentional about finding a group of people that were following Jesus. There's, there's some who are listening right now who right now, you know, you need to run with a new group of people right now. There's a circle of people right now that are pulling you down. Listen, you need to run with a new, a new crowd, a, a group of people that'll lift you up, not pull you down. A group of people that'll surround you and care about you. A group of people that'll hold you, right? A group of people that'll keep you accountable. A group of people that'll love you enough, right? To tell you when you're wrong, to love you enough, to speak truth into your life. By the way, one of the, the, the most powerful parts of, of, of church life here at First Assembly is our life groups. It's, 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 it's the church community that, that, that we offer. It's, it's, the, it's the way to be cared for in church life. And it's the way God, I believe God has instructed us to kind of get together. I'll tell you right now, the best part of our church isn't the preaching. It's not the music. It's not the incredible kids stuff and, and student ministries that we have. It, I love all those things. I love all of them. The best part, the very best part about our church is the community that is established, that God has brought people together. It's the most diverse church I've ever been in. It's <laughs> in every way you can imagine, but it's God bringing people together. It's really, it's God through you is really what it is. It's, it's, it's his life lived out through us collectively 
to, to really empower and embolden each other. It's really, really great. And if you're struggling on the inside, listen, if you're overwhelmed, maybe you, you deal with anxiety or depression, if you feel like faith may be slipping away, if you feel these things, let me encourage you, take your, the first action step of your life to get into the right crowd, right? You're like, well, how do I do that? Well, right now you listen online, but listen to me. That, I don't feel like that's enough. I love our online church. I love, and we're going to continue to do that. But I'm just telling you, you need more than a monitor to be a part of on a Sunday morning or whenever you're listening to this right now. You need a crowd of people. You need a group of people that you can surround yourself with and get involved with and serve with and care for. You need that group of people in your life. Listen, when this woman got in the right crowd, they, they pointed to the only one that could save her from the condition that she found herself in. And the power of the local church, guys, is that it will lift you up. It'll build you up. People will hold you. They'll hold you accountable. Speak into your life when you need it the very most. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other one up. But pity on anyone who falls and has no one there to help them up. Let me, let me tell you why we do life groups at First Assembly. Let me tell you why. We believe that living life together is essential to the life we're called to live. So, so just doing life together, we do this. It's not, it's not because it's trendy. It's not because we like it. it, it listen, it's not because we, it's easier. It's not easier. It's easier to do service, okay? It's much easier to do service. But well, I can't quantify the reason. Let me just, but I want to tell you, life's meant to be lived together. It's, it's just meant to. For our kids to play together and grow up and watch mom and dad and, and, and watch them pray for one another and watch them teach and do all these things. It's, my grandmother told me a story a long time ago about a lady that she had gone to church with for 40 years. 40 years. And I was asking my grandmother about this woman and she said, you know, the sad thing is, is I really don't know much about her. I'm thinking, what? You don't know much about her. You've, you've, you've known her for 40 years. But just seeing each other passing on a Sunday morning, you're not going to know much about somebody. But getting together and living life out and getting in that life group, having somebody you can call and pray for and do those things, it's so very important. So we can share each other's burdens. We can, we can hold one another during difficult moments. We can, we can rejoice together in times of celebration. We're there for one another. And I promise, listen, I promise that if you're hemorrhaging on the inside, right, you need to stop doing life alone and do it with other people. Number two, follow Jesus. I know that's, that's like really profound, right? Really, Pastor? Yes, follow Jesus. Please understand, you can be in the crowd, you can be in the church, still not follow Jesus. You know how I know? Did it for a long time, okay? I grew up that way, okay? I, I loved going to church. I love church people. But man, I was just really in my heart not following Jesus, Okay, there's a lot of reasons people go with a crowd, but we need to be we need to be in the crowd following Jesus because you, you, you can be in the wrong crowd and, and end up at the wrong place. But you you want to be in the crowd following Jesus. See, when you're actually following Jesus, you'll always be in a position for the miraculous to take place in your life. You'll always be in that position. When this woman fought through the crowd to get close to Jesus, she was in position 
to receive what he had to offer to her, right? What, what, what Jesus was going to offer. So how do you get close to Jesus? Three things real quick. Number one, read the word of God. Guys, read the Bible. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. If you want to get to know him, get in the word, right? Get in the word. Number two, pray. I know it seems super practical, but it's true. It's how you spend time in communication with him in any relationship. The more you communicate, the better the relationship is going to be. The only way we grow in a relationship is to spend time together in communication with each other. Number three, get connected with the local church. I, I know we've been in this season. I said it a moment ago where it's been distant. But guys, listen, next week we're coming back together for in-person services. Okay, August 2nd, we'll be back in our building, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Come, spend time. I know there may be people that aren't, that don't feel comfortable yet. That's okay. We want you, we want the rest of you. We want you here. We want you here. We're going to lovingly accept, bring you in, be a part of it. Actually, the 2nd of August, we're actually going to have a communion, or not a communion service, a baptism service that day. It's going to be powerful. Come and enjoy that new life in Christ, right? Um, so you got to get connected. You got to get connected. It, you, where you link arms with each other and walk this life out. Where you're, you, you know you got spiritual battle buddies, right, on each side of you. You're, you're, you're going to battle the darkness of this life together, right? So let's go back to the story for just a moment because the context changes everything. In this story, we have a woman who's fighting through the crowd to get to Jesus, right? She's so full of faith, listen, that she believes that if she just touches the hem of his robe, the hem of his garment, that she will be healed. I want to point something out here. She never actually touches Jesus. She just touches something that was touching Jesus. I think that's encouraging to all of us who have people all around us. I want you to know something. Because of, your, because of your relationship with Jesus, you are affecting the people around you. Because you're touching him and they're touching you, there is a transference of faith. There is a transference of literally new life that can take place. And in your testimony, the life you live, the love that you possess for other people. It's incredible. But I want, I want you to look at something right here. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. So we're backing up just a little bit. It says, Then one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, fell at his feet. This is a ruler of the synagogue that fell at Jesus' feet, in verse 23, and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. Here's Jesus touching again, right? Come lay your hands on her that she may be made well and live. And here's what the Bible says in verse 24. And he went with him. He went with him. When this woman who had this problem with the issue of blood, she's literally, she's dying from the inside, right? When she gets into the crowd, when she gets into this crowd following Jesus, where's the crowd already going? Remember, this is before she gets into the crowd. Where were they going? They were going to Jairus' house. They're going, when you get close to Jesus through his word, in relationship with others, through prayer, when you get close to him, your heart will long for the things 
his heart longs for. You'll have compassion for people who he is in relationship with. So let's just be clear, just real quick. This woman with the issue of blood, she's walking in this crowd. She's walking down the street and this crowd is walking already on their way to pray for someone else's healing. We need to see the power in this because, because what, what, what she was still, she's still in need. She knows where Jesus is coming by. She knows, and there's a crowd of people. So what does she do? She gets into this crowd of people. Why? When she hears of their desire, they're going to meet at Jairus's house. They're going, because Jesus is going to pray for this young girl. Her eyes, she took her eyes off of herself for a moment, and it made all the difference. I want you to see it. First time in a long time, her eyes got off her situation and she started thinking about someone else. And as she did, she started following Jesus. Something supernatural happened along the way, right? When we take our eyes off our own condition, off our own situation, and we focus on the needs of others, when we, it's love is really what it's all about. When we focus on their needs, the very thing that she needed was given to her, right? I'm telling you, it's so powerful. It's so powerful to be in the right crowd. It's so powerful. It's so powerful to be following Jesus and and do what this woman did, not get caught up in our own needs, our own desires, but to concentrate on what others might need. That along the journey, we receive what we need, what God has for us, if we'll just offer it to someone else. Could it be said that God has for you exactly what you need, right? And you're going to find it when you start loving on other people in that same manner, providing for them. A few years ago, uh, we were in a very serious drought in, in this region of the country. And, and, and here's, God just laid it on our hearts to give what you don't have. So as a church, what did we do? We needed water. We needed rainfall upon the, the ranch land and the farmland in our community. And, and we, we just weren't getting it. The lakes were drying up. The thing, it, was, it was a rough time. Many of you remember that. And as a church, what we did is we, we decided what we were going to give to someone that needed what we had. And so we, we actually partnered with a missionary in Africa, in Swaziland, Africa. And we drilled a well in Africa that, that provided water to this massive number of people that they did not have fresh water previous to that. And the, the missionary, he actually called me the day after that they started pumping water. It was a little hand pump well. And he put a, he put a water tank up that they could pump water from because, I mean, literally thousands of people were coming to get a drink of water. And he stood on top of that well the day they started pumping water and he shared the gospel of Jesus with 5,000 people, the same number of people that live in our community, Tucumcari, 5,000 people showed up for a drink of clean water that day. Remark, we gave what we needed. It changed the lives of others. And guess what it did? I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if that did it or if, we just know that God's sovereign and he takes care of us. Soon after that, the rain started coming and the drought started going away and, and God just provided for us so wonderfully. I'm just telling you guys, how can your life be a blessing to somebody else? What can you do as a, as a church, as a church during this time? We've done that, right? During this COVID time, what we've done is we've tried to identify some things around our community that we can bless, we can be a benefit to. 
Even give what we don't have, right? Sacrificially, we do that. It, because it's so important. There's, there's something that takes place and it changes the lives of people. Job is a great example of this. Job is a guy, Job is a guy who lost it all and he lost it all in a day. And the first 41 chapters of the book of Job are about Job losing it. But watch what happens when he shifts his focus. Job 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Every time someone comes to me, and they say, you know what, I'm dealing with this, or I'm dealing with that, or I've got this medical condition, or I've got this relationship issue. Listen, every time, you know what my encouragement is? To start praying for people that have the same issues that you're walking through. Because it literally shifts the focus in our life. It unlocks something. Listen, you want to unlock great new days, wonderful new days in your life? Take the focus off you, put it on other people, run with a new crowd, follow Jesus, act on your faith. Number three, act on your faith, act on faith. One, one thing we have, it's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to act on the faith, right? It's a one thing to live it out every day. When this woman heard that Jesus was in the area, that's great. It's another thing to leave her house and to go get in the crowd. It's another thing to fight through the crowd and to touch the hem of his garment. It's another thing. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, there was a woman who had a discharge of blood, this is the story, for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well, and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, check this out, immediately turned around or turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garment? It's one thing to believe that Jesus can do what you need, right? We know that he can do what we need. It's another thing to put our trust and faith in him. It's one thing for you to trust him. It's another thing to, for, for the anxiousness and worry to leave us. It's another thing, right? It's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to act on our faith. So this woman, she had tried everything. She tried everything she knew and, and it all left her hopeless, okay? But when she acted on what she believed, it changed everything. Scripture says, check this out, that Jesus turned around. I, I, want you to, I want you to understand that that is huge, right? We're not just talking some guy walking down the road. We're talking about the guy who spoke the cosmos into existence, okay? The one who literally formed life itself and starts the world. It is, it is amazing. She stops him by her faith. She didn't say anything. She just touched the hem of his garment, something touching him that touched her, that changed it all. This woman had tried it all, but now she's touching the one that can do it all, right? Major difference. You might say, well, all she did was touch the hem of his garment. Listen, when faith was acted upon and she fought through the crowd, this would be a group of people that would not be accepting of her because now she's labeled as a woman with the issue of blood. 
blood. She was ceremonially unclean. In fact, Jesus wouldn't have even been able to touch her according to the Levitical law. But what took place? She, she worked through the opinions of other people, the limitations of other people that they had placed on her. The, and the creator of the entire universe turns around when he, when he realizes, when he knows that power has gone out from him because this woman's faith was acted upon. Her heart, his heart turned toward hers, right? But she did it first, right? And I challenge you today, listen, I challenge you to act on your faith and know, believing that the Almighty God can and will turn your direction. He will look your way. How many of you right now would say, you know what, Pastor Derek, would you pray for me that God would look my way? that God would pay close attention to what's going on in my world. Can I just tell you, he is. Act in faith, believe, pray, knowing that he's going he's gonna to minister to you. God has got what you need. He's got great days in store for you. They're ahead for you, right? Turn to him. Let the impossible become possible. Trust Jesus. Trust him. James chapter 2 says, faith without works is dead. We've got to act in faith. But when we act in faith, listen, we capture the attention of the creator of the world. And I believe today that he's got something special for you. I want to pray for you that God would minister to you right where you are with, with what you need. He knows what you're going through and he loves you so much. I hope today was helpful for you. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for my friends that are tuning in, our church family and many others that are watching each week. God, I pray that regardless of the condition of what's going on in our lives. Not only do you know about it, but you care about it. Not only do you care about it, you can do something about it. But God, we have to act in faith, knowing that you are who you say you are. You're the creator of all things. You're literally the savior of the world. God, I pray that many people would give our lives to you today. If, if you're out there and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, would you just do that? Just give him your life. He loves you so much. The Bible says if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that we will be saved. Accept him into your life today. Let him be the Lord of your life, the savior of your, of your soul. And if you have a need, listen, I would love to pray for you. In, in the chat or hit me up privately, would you send me a request for prayer? I would love to pray with you. I'd love to just go to God on your behalf and say, Lord Jesus, like the woman who fought through the crowd, people are fighting through the crowd of, the, of, of the, all the things in their life trying to get to you. I just want to be somebody that can stand with you and pray for you. Many people in our church, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love for you to be with us. We'd love for you to show up to attend services. On August 2nd, we start service again. Come, check it out, enjoy service with us. It's all about Jesus. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.